What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Marin with Intuitive Minds Podcast. This is episode 10 featuring Shayla Cowan, Chief of Staff of Will Packard Production, Will Packard Media. She also does production for them as well. How are you, Shayla? I'm well. How are you? Good, good. Hanging in there in this quarantine, you know, one day at a time. How are you handling all this? Um, I'm handling it, I would say, very well. Um, I have figured out how important it is to stay inside. Um, I've encouraged my family and friends to do the same, knowing that everyone is safe. Unfortunately, a lot of lives have been lost, and my heart and prayers go out to those who have truly been affected by this. But um, I have been able to, for the most part, maintain a, a, a sane mind, um, and I'm, I'm quite happy inside. Yeah, I mean, one day at a time, right? I mean, we're almost there as well. So, and I feel like it's also like Idris Elba said, and you said before uh, pre-production that we, you said that it, it had, we need a week off at least once a year just to like regroup and stuff. So I feel like it's also needed. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard Idris said that in the press and, you know, listen, if that's, if that's what it takes to just reset um, our world, I, I, obviously I wouldn't be mad at that at all yeah, yeah. <laughs> so give us a little bit of a breakdown of where you're from your upbringing and like before you got into the entertainment like what did you do beforehand like where you're from and stuff okay well um i am from west bloomfield michigan uh born and raised and um i have always been attached to entertainment to some degree. Uh, my mom had me doing commercials and modeling and fashion print ads uh, since I was a little girl. So I have uh, been paying taxes a very long time. Um, and, you know, grew up in a Jewish community, uh, always worked really hard. I was a competitive dancer growing up, um, then went on, you know, it, realized that I was a lot different than others, uh, got a job at a young age and, you know, worked really hard and I developed really great work ethic, um, young and, uh, just knew that I wanted to be successful. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and it was around high school and then continued my schooling. And then, um, I actually danced, <laughs> for the Detroit Pistons. Um, really? Yeah, I was 19. And um, before that, in high school, I had danced with the Detroit Shock. And those experiences was, was really great. So I've always been attached to sports and entertainment to some degree. Mm -hmm. uh, interned at a radio station and realized that I loved uh, being resourceful and putting things together. And um, I worked in the promotions department. So, you know, the promotions team is always the ones who get to a spot before anyone else does, you know, post mm -hmm. posters and flyers and, and, and get people excited before talent rolls in or there's mm -hmm. a radio remote. So did that for a radio station uh, in Detroit called WJLB. And then, you know, soon after that, realized that I had something greater, had visited Atlanta quite a bit and uh relocated and moved to atlanta didn't know a soul and um figured it out are you currently still there or no so now i'm in los angeles oh, okay okay uh now you uh 
did now how did you get into the music industry like overall like i i've read that you were also you started uh working for a manager elaborate a little bit on that yeah so um i worked for there there was an art there was a manager who was um managing an artist and i had met them um on the set of stomp the yard mm. and uh you know just building a relationship and then uh I wanted to intern for them. And I went to him and said, I want to intern for you. And he was like, okay. And I did and did not get paid for it. And I was interning for like six months and then he needed an assistant and I was able to fold right in. I had never assisted anyone before. So I had no idea what it entailed, but I was, you know, assisted the manager and then also helped out uh, with the uh, studio and office and yeah and it just was it was a really great experience because it was a lot of learning on the fly and figuring things out uh, you'd be asked to do something and mm -hmm. it'd be the you know quickest request and then right, you had to yeah. figure everything else out um and yeah i did that for a couple of years and then realized that you know it was time for me to do something else. And I stepped away and started a concierge service. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, had a, I had a couple of great clients that utilized my resources. And then the, um, the, the, the financial crash hit. And, you know, a concierge service is a luxury. Luxury, yes, yes. And so had to do away with my company. And then I was like, well, I kind of like this whole concierge thing. I am going to try and get a job as a concierge in a hotel. And there was a hotel in Atlanta called the W in Buckhead. And that's where I started. Um, I got hired and the other two concierges on staff were, you know, had been con concierges for years. One was like head of the concierge association, which I didn't even know existed. <laughs> and, you know, I was just me coming in. But one thing I've always been is resourceful. and I've always been able to figure things out. So, you know, they hazed me for a bit. But at the end of the day, I ended up bringing in most of the tips and met a lot of great people uh, during that time. And a lot of great relationships were formed. But I learned a lot. And then, um, ended up going back to work for a different manager, same uh, production company, well, same record label music group, um, but a different manager and did that for another year. And then I was like, this ain't it. I, I just, right. the music industry is great, but it just, I didn't see the growth. I didn't see where I could go. I knew I didn't want to manage talent. I didn't really have an ear for music like that. I liked what I liked, um, but I didn't really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't. And and working at a label wasn't something that I was interested in either. So oh, there was a. We had did a ball while I was still working for the music group. There was, we did a ball uh, to raise money for a foundation, and I had briefly met Will, very okay. briefly, mm -hmm. um, and turned around, ran into him maybe like two or three weeks after I had left again from the music group. And um, he was like, oh, what are you up to now? And I was like, oh, I just quit. And he's like, really? And I was like, yeah. 
And he's like, well, you know, I'm looking for someone to assist me and one of the other producers. Uh, it's a small budget movie called Stomp the Yard Homecoming. And it was the sequel to Stomp the Yard. And I was like, oh, wow. And he's like, are you interested? Like, would you want to, you know, interview? And I was like, maybe. So he gave me the number to call. And um, I thought about it. And I was like, do I really want to work, you know, for someone again? Or do I want to try and figure something on my own out? And my girlfriend was like, what do you have to lose? Like, just you're crazy. So I was like, all right. So I called and did the interview the day before the interview. I had gotten an eye infection in both eyes. It wasn't contagious, but my eyes were literally bloodshot red. Like it was crazy. So I, I hit her and I was like, listen, I'm happy to still do the interview, but I have to wear sunglasses because my eyes look crazy. It's almost like picture day. (laughs) Almost almost like picture day. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. She was like, well, are you contagious? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm totally not contagious. And she was like, all right, well, we'll see you tomorrow. And so I showed up and, you know, I didn't really know Will like that. Like Will's one of the nicest, funniest, most down to earth guys like you'll ever come in contact with. Mm-hmm. And so I walked in and he's like, oh, you really do have to wear sunglasses. And I was like, yeah. So we like did the interview and I had on a pair of Chanel sunglasses, which was so over the top. Um, and at the end of the interview, like the interview became a conversation and it lasted like two hours and we talked about all kinds of stuff. Mm. And then after, like towards the end of the interview, he goes, all right, let me see your, let me see your eyes. And I was like, no. And he was like, let me see them, Jayla. And I was like, no. Like, and he kept asking, kept asking. I'm like, fine, I'll show you like two seconds. And I like lifted up the glasses and I don't know how this happened, but he got a, he got a picture of it. And he like kept that photo for, I totally forgot that he had that photo and literally like maybe 10 minutes after the interview was over, he reached out and said, you know, you have the job if you want it. And so I took it. I was like, absolutely. Cause the rapport was really good. And it was mm-hmm. like, this feels, this feels much different than what I had been a part of beforehand. So I was like, you know what, let me give this a shot. And so, you know, started working I was hired as a crew member so I was hired as crew Mm -hmm. to be his assistant and the line um producer's assistant Mm -hmm. and it was great I mean I learned a lot one thing I was great at was being an assistant because I had done that already and so I was quiet had never really been on a set like that and just watched and learned and Mm -hmm. some of the things I was doing the other assistants weren't doing and you know there was already a camaraderie because they had been on in pre-production for weeks I kind of came in at the tail end right before uh shooting started and so some of the things I were I was doing that was different from them was you know I would figure out, okay, I go to catering in the morning and be like, do you guys know what you guys are doing for lunch? And they would be like, yeah. And I would get that list. And then an hour before we call a call for lunch, I would go to him and be like, yo, here's what's for lunch. You have a call during lunch, but let me know what you want. We can have it prepared. It'll be in your trailer. So you can have lunch and take your call in the trailer. And so that became a rhythm. And the other assist, the other producers and folks that had assistants were like, yo, why aren't you doing what Shayla's doing? Mm-hmm. So I figured out a way that I could be valuable um, because, you know, set is everybody's doing a lot of things. Right. But I yes. knew could tell the kind of support that he needed. So I was able to fold in uh, really well. And then three weeks before we wrapped that movie, he came to me and said, you know, 
would you like to, I would like you to consider being my executive assistant uh, for Rainforest Films, which at the time was a production company that he had with his uh, producing partner, Rob Hardy. And they did like Obsessed and Takers and, you know, a slew of movies. And I was like, wow. I was like, okay. And I was like, well, let me think about it. Because, you know, that was a, it wasn't just like working on set and, oh, it was great working with you. Take care. Like, this is what could be either great or it could be not great. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about it and I talked to people that, you know, I trust and everyone was like, are you crazy? This is a really dope opportunity. And who knows Mm -hmm. where it could lead. And I, even coming into it at the time, didn't know the difference between a director and producer. So being on that set, I learned so much. I learned what I had interest in and what I didn't. And, you know, the, the working relationship with him was incredible. Right. It was so you were able to learn quick as you went because you said you went from like a crew member to assistant to like executive, executive assistant. Executive. So, so there, it was at, becoming his executive assistant entailed all kinds of stuff. And I said, mm-hmm. well, I know that he's still planning to shoot movies. Mm-hmm. I want to in my mind, I'm like, I want to learn how to produce if I ask, can I go with that will, and he says, yes, then I'm happy to come on board as his assistant. So that's what I, that was my thought process. Right. And so went to him and I said, listen, I'm happy to come and join the team under one condition. I would like, when you go make movies, I would like to go with you. And he was like, huh, all right, let, let me talk to, you know, my team. I don't, I don't know what all that entails. And so he did. And he came back to me and said, yeah. And my first movie assisting him as a major theatrical release was Think Like a Man. And history. So I came to LA for two and a half months, um, was put up and I would first time ever being on a movie lot. And, you know, during pre-production was working on the lot, stage mm-hmm. six at Sony Pictures. And then we started production and it was the most incredible experience I ever had. And I fell in love with everything that comes with producing the good, the bad, the fun, the ugly. Mm-hmm. And um, that was it. It was it was it was a done deal. What are some examples like because you said you've, that was like your first major uh, one that you've been as, on a movie set like that. At, at that level, what are some like trials and tribulations for like the f- up and coming filmmakers or people that are assisting and are transitioning? Because you also came from music as well. And I wanted to also, a second question was, what are some like, how much of it from music did you apply coming into the movie industry as well? I mean, thankfully, I had really great relationships that I was able to maintain that I had made during my music moments. So, you know, music and film go hand in hand. So when you need a song cleared or you're trying to get to an artist, being able to have those solid relationships with folks that are A&Rs and managers and actual talent was really helpful um, when, you know, it was necessary when a song would come up or an artist would come up. I'd be like, oh, well, I know such and such. And be like, oh, reach out to them and see if they... So it it was the relationships that I had made in music that I was able to carry over with Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a a music producer making a placement in the movie, which is go hand to hand as well. Because you you can kind of uh, connect that as well. Because you have hand in music and as well as movies as well. So you know what I mean? 
Well, it was more or less the <clears throat> music relationship, not the actual technical of like putting a song together. No. Yeah. It was the relationships of being right. Yeah, the 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 guy, the girl that connected everything. Sure. Great. Yeah. So uh, now uh, for creators who are just now uh, starting and want to transition, what is some advice you can give them that like because you said there was like the ups and the downs on film set. I mean, listen, this, the reality is there's always going to be hurdles anytime you do anything. I think anytime you're transitioning out of something that you've done into something that you want to do or you have a love for, um, you know, it's hard. So you have to be prepared to be hungry if you can't get paid for it out the gate. Um, you have to be prepared to have late nights and early mornings. And you have to want to be focused enough to do whatever it takes to reach that level of success that you're looking for. Um, you know, oftentimes people think it's it's supposed to be an instant thing. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, you see folks on social that have, you know, really rised um, in success. And it's great to see. But there was a lot of work. Like, there's a lot that goes behind um, whatever this thing we call success is. Whether, you know, it's, you know, having to sacrifice holidays of being with family because you've got, you know, a movie that's about to come out and you have to, you know, work on that and make sure that everything's in order marketing wise. And you may have to go on a marketing tour right before Thanksgiving. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that come into play and there's a lot of sacrifice. So it just, you have to ask yourself, how much are you willing to give? And, you know, Will took a chance on me. And I took a chance on him and we, you know, it worked. It worked tremendously. And, you know, I never had an issue making a sacrifice for the business and for the company because he works very hard. And I admired that about him because I work hard. And he, and, and it was one of those things where it was like, it was effortless. It wasn't a question. It just, it had to get done. And we figured out a way to get it done time and time again. And it kept and it kept going organically as well because obviously the relationship the relationship keeps going and going and going so it's organic every time you come together, which sure, is amazing. I realized he once he understood that he, there was a loyalty there and there was a trust there. Mm -hmm. um, it 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 no longer became a employer assistant relationship. It felt more like a partnership, mm -hmm. and you know we figured it out together. He. There was a time early on, he asked me my opinion on something and I froze. And he's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, <laughs> I've never been asked my opinion like that. And like, and he's like, I'm always gonna ask your opinion. Yeah. So, you know, be prepared to answer. And I was like, and you know, that's all he had to tell me. And now I just give my opinion. He'd be like, oh, mm -hmm. thanks Shayla. You know, even when it's not asked, but. That, that was something that was amazing because it was like, wow, he really cares what I think about something that could potentially be, you know, huge for mm -hmm. whatever it was we were working on. And I mean, you, you, have, you have the wedding ringer under your belt, the think like a man under your belt, and also uh, night school under your belt. And which, those are a lot of great that's just a few. I got a lot. Yeah. We, don't mm -hmm. have to, we don't have to list them all. Right. Yeah. I just want, yeah, I want an et cetera. I was going to go with an et cetera, <laughs> which is going to be a lot. Now, speaking of films, now growing up, what are some of your favorite films that like you, you still love till this day that you watch them as if they're brand new? 
uh, Pretty Woman is my favorite movie. It is my favorite movie. I love everything about it. I love Julia Roberts. I love Richard Gere. I love the story with it. I love the metaphors. Like everything about that movie I love. Um, I also, what else do I love? Oh, this is funny. Like the movies I love are, are much different than what people would think, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, Players Club, that movie is oh, hysterical yes. for so many reasons. <laughs> um, I love, Think Like a Man is a very special movie because that was like my first movie uh first major motion picture and just the relationships with the cast and how we're all still very close and 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 it's like a family even to this day uh what else do i love half nelson is one of my favorite movies i've never seen that one oh it's so good which one is that one i've never it's 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 a it's a dope one you gotta look it up um And then I'll give you one more. Oh, Lion King. I'm crazy. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. So just a few. How now in each of these movies, now these are completely different movies from one another. How much of these have you taken with with you? Like as far as like metaphors and like messages from movies that that you apply into real life? I don't really do that. I mean I like movies because they're entertaining to me um I never really had a mentor until I met Will and although he was my boss he became a mentor to me Mm -hmm. so everything that I have um learned has been just like on the fly Mm -hmm. in a sense or reading a good book or something like that but I've never taken the movies that I love and applied it to my life no. Is it the same way with uh, like music? Like some of your favorite artists, do you, is it the same way, or and can you list some of your favorite artists as well? Or oh yeah, so right now I'm on a Janae Aiko vibe. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. There's this artist. He has one song right now. I need him to put out an album. His name is Emmanuel. He has a song called Need You, and I play it at least ten times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, I love Beyonce, love Kelly Rowland. She's got a song out right now called Coffee that is insane. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? Who else do I love? Kehlani's album came out today as well. I was listening to that this morning. It's so good. I love Mm -hmm. her vibe. I'm a Brandy fan. I'm a Jay-Z fan. My favorite record from Jay is Allure off the Black album. Really? Yeah, I'm a Chris Brown fan. I mean, I, I, I love all types of music. Coldplay, Yellow is like one of my favorite songs. Um, so, you know, I love it all. Man, so, and, man, that's crazy. So it's like different genres. Yeah, different genres. totally. So, so it's like whatever, if it sounds good, you, you like it. There's no like, I'm picky with it. Because there's a lot of people that are like really, really picky with it. Like most people won't listen to country. You know what I mean? And most people won't listen to no, I love country. There's, I, don't, I can't remember the Dixie Chicks. No, mm-hmm. I love me some Dixie Chicks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Brandy. Now, if you said Brandy, are you a fan of also, what's her name, Monica? Yeah, I, I, I like them equally. I think um, ha- Full Moon is like one of the best mm-hmm. albums ever. Uh, and I'm a huge fan. Have you been keeping up with the versus battles on IG Live at all? Oh, yeah, they've been yeah. quite entertaining. Been, yeah, so far, I mean, 
I, I, so far, my favorite has got to be the Teddy Riley one in the baby face. I mean, that, that's, that, that, was was, that was very entertaining. I think, um, little John and T-Pain, that was a great one because they had fun with it and they just had so many hits. But my favorite was uh, Dream. Dream is a, a dear friend of mine and he's so talented and I love his music, but just, you have to know Dream to understand uh, yeah, okay. how entertaining that one was. Okay, and he fell, and then what's his name? Fell asleep, fell asleep on the chair. Cause he was, I did see, I did see something about that. Like what's his name? Garrett fell asleep on the chair while he was playing the record in the very, very beginning, which was. Oh, I don't, no, no, I don't. I remember, um, I don't know. I don't know. I can't speak on that. I don't, I don't. Yeah. Remember. I remember like his, like literally his phone fell like out of his hand and just like, what the, and they were like poking fun at him. And that's when, uh, the rules changed and they were like, yeah, uh, no more getting fucked up during these battles. It's going to be. Oh, I don't know about that. But overall the, the battles are fun. They're mm -hmm. keeping us entertained during quarantine. So I'm excited for the Erica, Erica Badu one. That's going to be really good. The Erica Badu one and Jill Scott's going to be a very good one. That's. Oh, yeah, that should be fun. That should be fun. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be great. What are some uh, other hobbies that you have, like, outside of, like, the entertainment business uh, that you participate in? Well, I don't consider this a hobby. I feel like it's more of a sport, but shopping. I love shopping. Mm. Um, but now cooking has become a really... Uh, fun hobby for me trying new recipes you know you have nothing but time at home mm -hmm. um, so I've been cooking a lot I was I started a detox in January and it was a 16-week detox where you're like cooking your own food and all that stuff so I had the I had to make the real decision when we became quarantined like do I you know stay at it and keep focused and keep going to finish out my detox or do I fall off like and just mm -hmm. start eating whatever. And I made the conscious decision that I had come so far that I wasn't gonna give up. So I finished um, April 27th, lost 40 pounds and feel great and just, um, but in that process, it, it forced me to cook. But then being in quarantine, I had more time mm -hmm. to actually cook stuff that I never would even think I would even consider cooking. So cooking has become- What has become your favorite meal so far to cook and like, Oh my so my air fried chicken wings are insane. Okay. Um, oxtails is something that I wanted to conquer and I've been able to do that very well. Finally figure out my formula. Um, and a crispy garlic rice recipe my friend gave me, Katira, that has been, it's so good. So I have a couple of go-tos. Um, I'm trying to tackle the perfect pancake. Cakes. Uh, so you're trying we're to tackle. We're, we're pretty good. So I'm almost there. <laughs> uh, so now with going back to the entertainment, with, with uh, being a woman in a male dominant industry, what are some like, and then successes that you've had and then also trials and tribulations that led to the success that you've had? Because a lot I mean, of women are starting to conquer. Sorry to cut you off. Sorry, sorry. No, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Because uh, a lot of women are starting to be looked at. No, I mean, not now, but they've been looked at as like executive more. And they're starting to get into that level of like owning their own businesses and becoming entrepreneurs in their own way in such a male dominant business. I mean, here's the thing. I think that 
women have always been killing it. It's just now women are getting the recognition for it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my role as chief of staff and Will's right hand is something that I earn. And, you know, you said behind every great man is a dope female. And that's true in business and in personal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that everyone has their ego and it's just, it's, it's based on how you handle that. Um, I'm a woman who has to make decisions and be in rooms when sometimes I'm the only woman and oftentimes the only African-American person in the room. But at the end of the day, I think I've earned my stripes to be able to sit at the table and it wasn't given to me. It was, it was earned. And when you do have a seat at the table, you have to have a voice and be prepared for whatever may come with that. And, you know, sometimes men will be men and they'll, they'll try certain things, but as long as you know what your focus is and you know why you're at the table, none of that will bother you. So I don't even, I don't even look at it as a male dominant industry anymore. Mm -hmm. It's an industry and there's room for all of us. And as you can see, um, we've gotten this far doing very well with our heads down and working hard. So that's what I focus on is the work. Yeah. Which is at the end of the day, it's, it's all it's matter because, and that's why I like working with, I found myself working with females a lot better than, than males, because for me, like you said, egos, males have a lot more ego than, than females as opposed to like females to me, they have like a certain focus and they go for it. And whoever they need to bring at the table, they bring them along and then they just go for it. As opposed to males, they kind of sit at the table and they kind of like they're in competition with one another, which is very... But it's all those things, you know, I, it's, it's an energy thing too. You gotta, whoever you end up interacting with or working with, you know, the synergies have to be right. And if, it, if you're put in a position where you have to work with that person, you have to find a way where you know, you both can work together and get the job done. You don't have to be best friends, but you do have to figure out a way where you can respect one another to get the job done. Because at the end of the day, you guys are trying to achieve the same goal. Mm-hmm. And that's when. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to that. Uh, to, so any advice you want to give to up and comers at all? or? I mean, listen, um, don't focus success on what you see on social media. If you believe in a project that you have, whether if it's music or content, and you really believe that you, it deserves to be out there in the world, shoot it yourself, make it yourself. Um, and don't give up, but also don't, don't use social media as a tool to reach out to people to ask them to put you in contact with someone. It's not going to happen. And that happens. I get a lot of those DMs and that's not the way to go. The way to go is to build a community of like-minded people and you guys get together, shoot a project, write a, write a script and make it, put it out there and see what the response is. Cause I guarantee you people will tell you the truth. Yeah. That is the, yeah, it's the harsh truth too. Because a lot of people come in here uh, trying, like you said earlier, earlier, trying to take shortcuts. And then by the time they get into the end, they don't know what to do with it. No. So, which is and, very. And, 
as long as you work hard and you give your all in every day, you, you put time towards whatever goal you're trying to achieve, the doors will open. And the other thing is figuring out what one thing you're really good at and mastering that. Oftentimes, especially filmmakers, they will, you know, they're a writer or producer or director. Well, that's amazing. And you can do all three. But out of those three, which one is the one that you're really, really, really good at? Mm -hmm. What is that one that can open the door? Because once that door is open and you get opportunity, other opportunities will come when it's time and you can expand what you can do. You can then include those other skills later down the line. But oftentimes when you're trying to do all three at the same time, you're just, you know, you're not able to give each strength its attention that it deserves. Yeah. Uh, so towards the end of the podcast, I honor James Lipton, host of uh, Inside the Actor Studios. And towards the end of his show, he had 10 questions that he asked his guests, uh, which require only like short answers. And the first one is, what is your favorite word? Inspired. What is your least favorite word? Can't. What turns you on? <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, it's um, one of those. <laughs> hard work. Ambition. I'll say ambition. What turns you off? Uh, ego. What sound or noise do you love? <laughs> what? Um... What sound or noise do I love? Uh, it's why, yeah, these questions are, that's why, that's why James Lipton that's is. The sound of like the waves in an ocean? Cause I, I love beaches. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, cat. Oh, I hate a cat that, like, cats who purr. Ugh. Oh, no. Cats. Not my jam. What is your favorite curse word? <laughs> <laughs> I hope my mom's not listening. Um, I guess shit. I don't know. Uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Ooh, I would have loved to have been an FBI agent. Oh, that's awesome. Elaborate a little bit on that. Like, what would you, like, what would you love about that? You know what it is? And I was just having this conversation with someone the other day. It's the idea of being able to go undercover and have to get answers out of people in order to crack a case. Because, you know, if you ask any of my close friends, they'll be like, yeah, Shayla's super nosy. Not in the sense of, like, in a bad way. Mm -hmm. I just like to know all detail. And I think mm -hmm. that I would be a great FBI agent. But the undercover kind. Like, mm -hmm. where, like, you know, a laser is in a, in a lipstick tube. Like, stuff like that. Okay. Oh, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> what profession other than your own... Uh, would you not like to do? Oh, there's so many. Um, what would I not like to do? 
um, oh, be a doctor because I can't do blood. Oh, I know so many people like that. I have a friend of mine who literally, he goes to the doctor, he literally faints, so he doesn't know what he really has. He can't do blood work. Yeah, I, I, I would not. And I love, especially now more than ever, like all the doctors and nurses, and I have some in my family, uh, but being able to take care of someone sick, I'd, oh, that would be really hard for me. Mm, yeah, especially now. If uh, heaven exists, what would you like God to hear say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Is it a theme song or? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any last words you'd like to say before we end the podcast? No, no. I was going to answer the question. I'm asking, is it a theme song I have that he should are there my words? Any, any, no, like anything that, um, like when you arrive at the pearly gates, what would you like God to hear say? If heaven hear exists. Yeah, he would say, yes. Shayla, we welcome you. And I'm happy that you become a better person. Welcome. And he let me in. Perfect. Any last words you'd like to say to the audience before we end the podcast? Um, thank you guys for listening to me talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I appreciate the platform. I think that, you. you know, our new normal is going to be memorable. The blessing is, is that we are all in this together and we're all figuring it out and just, you know, make smart decisions come outside when you feel like you're ready to come outside wear your mask you know if you pray to whoever make sure you stay in prayer and just stay safe you know i think um we all will come out of this more united and it's going to be tricky but you know just stay informed as much as you know your mental can take and um, you know, make the most of it of our new normal. All right, guys, this is episode ten of Intuitive Minds Podcast featuring Shayla Cowan. Peace. <laughs>